Blog Talk Radio. Timber Dalton, and you are listening to Oralingus with Timber Dalton on Blog Talk Radio. It is Thursday, November 18th, and with me tonight, I have fellow Siren Bookstrand author Chris Cook, and he's going to talk about, he's got a new release, and he's going to talk about his book. He's the author of Perfection, Three to Play, Captivation, and Lillian's Rogues. Hi, Chris. Say hi to everybody. Uh, how's everyone doing? Thanks for having me, Timber. Hey, you're welcome. Here we go. Applause. I love I love my little sound effects. Um, so, how are you doing tonight, Chris? I'm doing really well. I'm going to have to figure out how to mute because I'm hearing an echo. So, hold on one second. Okay. Let me mute this. Yeah, it did that to me my first first night doing this too. Okay. It's a little there we go. Um Okay, I think I'm good now. We good to go? All right, awesome. Um, let's see. First of all, before we get too far into our conversations, I want you to give everybody your um where they can find you out on the web and um you know, give them your email address and stuff. And and you can also type it into the chat room for for those of you listening to the archive version later on after the fact. We do have a live chat room that pops up during the show, so sometimes you're going to hear us responding to people in the chat room. And warning to that, my um, my sweet little uh, blog talk uh, chat peeps in the chat room, you guys are actually hearing this about five to seven seconds. I believe it is delayed, so um, you might hear a little bit of a, a time differential. So that's what's going on with that. That's just the software catching up with the with the live stream. So um, go ahead and give everybody like your website, where they can find you at, and where they can get your books. Okay, I'll do that. My uh, browser just went down timber, so I don't know what happened. I'm a little bit technically challenged, but okay. uh, it's chriscook.net, mm-hmm. and then uh, I'll log back in here in just a second, and then it's chris at chriscook.net, and I'd love to hear from folks. Seriously. Okay. Let's see, and I'm putting up your, let's see, I found your, I've got your Bookstrand link up there too, and I've got on the chatting, it's uh, thebookstrand.com slash Chris hyphen Cook, and that's Chris with a K, folks, not Chris with a C, it's K-R-I-S Cook, C-O-O-K, um, and ChrisCook.net, and let's see here. Um, okay, so tell us about your latest release. Okay, Um my latest release just came out Tuesday, and it's called Lillian's Rogues. It's uh, an, it's a novella, and it's connected to my series, which is uh, Eternally Three. And if you're new to the series, it's really a great avenue to get a feel for the books in that series, and it can be read as a standalone, no problem. Um, Lil, Lillian's Rogues, uh, it's in the Eternally Three books, there's several types of immortals, but one of the main things that happens is it's it's immortals are have to triple with humans and by that i mean they have to sexually be with humans uh, as a, in a menage it's similar to kind of like the laws of electricity you need 
positive, negative, and a conduit. So it's the same thing for them. For them to get life force and energy, they have to be in this uh, tripling, as I call it, or menage. Woo-hoo. And uh, we have, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I actually got the idea. Shayla Black's a, a really good friend of mine, and at the time I was writing uh, plays and screenplays, and uh, I, I lost my sister, who was my writing partner. She she passed away of cancer, and Aww. Shayla, yeah, and and we we were very close, and I just couldn't get back to screenplays or plays, and Shayla was. A really good friend. We went to lunch almost every week, and she kept trying to ease me back into writing. Well, of course, she was writing uh, romance and erotic romance, and and so she just said, "Throw an idea at, at me." And so I kind of said, "I want to do a mix of mythologies, Western and Eastern, Middle Eastern, and and you know this this came about eternally three, and and thankfully it's been published and been highly." Uh, acclaimed by reviewers, and I get wonderful readers. So it, I love the series and, and fall in love with the, the genre of erotic romance. Mm-hmm. Now you've delved a little bit into uh, into uh, bondage and sex toys in this one. So what can readers expect when they see? Is this? Uh, I see the heat level is considered scorching. So when there's as you know there's people that have the different genres that they like is this like a hardcore bdsm or is it more the kind of the milder end of the spectrum or what how would you classify it well i i'll let maybe maybe let folks decide for themselves when our heroine who is she is uh she's been elevated to a new position as high priestess of a conclave that keeps these uh, immortals. By the way, this is set in present time. This is a hidden world of immort- immortals. Um, and our two heroes are prisoners, and she has to seduce them sexually to get the energy for the for the conclave cult. And mm-hmm. they are chained on the floor, and that's how we begin. And and uh, there's a double penetration, and there's toys and pain and all kinds of things. And and I and then the the on another one, the, the tables are turned, and they basically um, Titus, I would say, is a very, very strong dom. I've been told uh-huh. that by some of my readers. So I think the heat level, personally, is a little more than scorching. But you know, I'll leave that to folks. It's it's pretty heavy BDSM at at times. Yes, very mm-hmm. much so. Now, do you uh, do you enjoy writing the BDSM genre, or some writers tend to gravitate towards it because they they enjoy it, or did it um, just kind of happen that way and you just kind of fell into it, or is it um, you know was it just you know incidental to this particular story, or how did that come about? Um, on BDSM, I've become a fan of books and yours, as you know, I've told you, I I love the Reluctant Dom, love that book, and love. Others of your book. That was the first book actually I read of yours, and and uh, and I highly recommend it to anybody who is doesn't know the genre. But I kind of came into it. my heroes are very ultra alpha. I mean they're, mm-hmm. and I typically in the menage, which is what I've primarily written thus far, um, I have a hero, two heroes that are very alpha, but I have a really dark brooding alpha and then i have more of the alpha who is there to be kind of the foil for the other guy so so that the fantasy for the woman is is realized that you know you've heard the story if i could just blend these two guys together i'd have the perfect you know person well that's oh, yeah. that's <laughs> wow. 
you know, this this is giving that woman that. And I think the BDSM has a purpose for, in in particular, this story, which it's it's evident in all my stories. Um, in in three to play, which we're not talking about, um, my hero Kurt is actually a bisexual, and that is the only way. That it, because of uh, unable to deal with his uh, gay part of his life because of, of childhood abuse, that was the only way that he could actually experience sex. And it mm-hmm. was, you know, there was a reason for that for him, and and he's able to deliver on that. So that there's always a reason, you know, as long as you understand what folks are getting out of it and what how. For me, that's how I understand it, and mm-hmm. uh, but I enjoy it. That's a long answer. So, but that's, I enjoy I I enjoy the genre very much, and I enjoy writing in the genre very much. Awesome! It's it's addictive. I, I'll warn you. Once you start working with the uh, the dynamics of writing the BDSM or any not even just BDSM, but um, of the any of the kind of domination and submission dynamics, it doesn't even have to involve bondage or impact play. Really. It really opens a lot of doors, and I don't think a lot of writers realize this at first because they're only thinking of what they see on, like, kink.com. They don't understand there's so much you can play with those dynamics, especially if you're writing Minaj with the trust issues and building those dynamics. And like you said, having the foils for the characters. It's interesting that you said that. That's um, when Do your characters take, like, a life of their own when you're writing them and you start finding that they do start playing off of each other with those dynamics as you're creating them? Absolutely. In fact, sometimes, I, you know, you you have so many great books out there. You'd know this better than me. But there are times when I create, you know, the, here's the character, and then I really want them to do something because for me it's like this is this will turn the plot the way I want. And then they sit up and refuse to do it because all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're <laughs> saying, I would never do that. And I'm going, wait, I need you to do that. And so then I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, can, I know that sounds like I'm insane, and I've been accused of that and probably am certifiable, but they really yep. do become living, breathing people to me. And I actually, yep. for instance, in this book here, I got very choked up at the end. I, I was, you know, I, I, you know, yeah, I was very happy with how it concluded because I thought this is what these three people needed, and uh-huh. uh, yeah, they they definitely do that. Do they do that for you too? Oh yes, yes, and I'm glad you said. Every time I hear another writer say that, I'm like, oh thank God, I'm not crazy. <laughs> At least I'm not crazy in the bad way. They they absolutely yeah. do. <laughs> and, and and yeah, they will. I've had I've had uh, characters where like one was supposed to be a walk on die off character, and he's like, no, no, that's not me. And he ends up staying around for three books. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, he's around as a guy. I know what you're still. talking. I have yeah. vampire. I'm I'm a huge fan of vampire books, but I'm I, I mean, even from being a teenager, I I was mm-hmm. just enthralled. Salem Lot, Salem's Lot with Stephen King and Anne Rice. Oh, awesome Gordon. book. Yes. I, yeah, she's an incredible writer, and so many, you know, and, and the ones now too. But I have this vampire in Captivation, which is book two of uh, Eternally Three, and he is really a minor character, and he is waking me up at night saying, "Hello, I need, I have more to say," and I'm like, "I don't have," because I'm, I'm very fearful to write a vampire book because I really do bow down to the people that can do it, and I don't want it to be something that people say, "Oh, I've seen this before," but he is bugging me like crazy and i'm well don't let that hold you back write your book don't ever let that hold you back don't ever let it hold you back always write the book and you can always worry about it later i mean just write the book trust me 
seriously, write the I definitely will. write the book. And your fans are gonna want you to write the book too. <laughs> we have um, right. from the chat room, we got we have AJ Johnson in the chat room saying, No question, just praise. I loved three to play. Um oh. let's see, we have um Christina Atkins. I love books one and two, haven't read the new one yet. I wanna know if Chris is planning to write a book about Brooke. She was a small part, but I love her. So so how about it? Is Brooke gonna get her own book? She absolutely is. Um, I guess I could – she's actually going to be the next full-length book. She's going to be in the next full-length one, uh, awesome. along with two other people that you've seen or heard about. So mm-hmm. um, her her here – I think they know which hero. I, I don't want to give that away right now, but I think they know <laughs> one of them. Sure. <laughs> Um, and Christina just replied, let him out, Chris. I think re- referring to the vampire story, let him out, Chris. Oh, okay. Uh, and Charlene just said, just jam- downloaded all four while you were talking. Can't wait to read them. So he just oh, great. <laughs> Thank you, Charlene. Great. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I hope you enjoy them. That is fantastic. Um, when talking about books that influence you, what I know for me, I have a couple as a writer that when I read them, I was like, wow, for different reasons. What other books that you remember reading early on when you knew that the writing bug had bit you um, that you were like, wow, that really hit a note for you one way or for, for whatever reason that that you could talk about. Now, do you mean for erotic romance or just writing in particular? Anything, anything, like we just anything. mentioned Salem's okay. Lot. Anything is a writer, like early when I was, I, of course I knew I was going to be a writer and a kid, and one of the books that really stayed with me was The House of the Clock and Its Walls. That was one. It was it was a young adult um, horror book. That one stayed with me, of course, Salem's Lot um, and uh, Shining. You know, and there's other books yeah. out there too. But like any, any, it doesn't have to whatever genre you want. I mean, I was just throwing those out there for examples. But anything, I mean, it could be erotica if you want, if you want to tell us erotica. That's fine yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. We we, we love that. Um, yeah. I, for me, for me, I I've always been a very avid reader, and you know, and I have to say, being a writer, it's hard to get to read as much as I like to. But um, when early on. Stephen King was one of them, and you mentioned Salem's Lot. I I liked Christine. I liked Firestar. I liked so many of those books, and I devoured all of them. Um, I also was reading, uh, you know, some sci-fi stuff, you know, typical teenage boy, which Isaac Asimov and some of those folks. But I really started gravitating to kind of darker fiction. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I really did enjoy the the emotional and and mental uh underpinnings that happen with that and I like books that's kind of why I talk about Anne Rice I like books where you can have a very dark hero and uh-huh. like a like interview with a vampire the vampire Lestat we're talking about that and then they get turned around uh, another one J.R. Ward this is I'm talking about erotic romance well she's she's more romance but but dark and uh-huh. and Zeta's book anybody that read that book um, Shayla Black's the one who said you got to read this book, and I read it, and I and now I'm a huge fan of of J.R. Ward, and mm-hmm. and so I, I like that mix of where you have a very dark hero that gets to find light in his journey, and you get to see oh, absolutely. those bits of light, and you're like, wow, that's just, I mean, it just explodes off the page for me, and so that. I, Again, I'm building clocks for you, but you know, I used to, <laughs> talking is not a problem for me. 
Hey, and and you know what? I love to. Talk. I mean, I think all writers pretty much love to talk about, especially when we start talking about things that are our passion, like what we love to do. So when you're when you're writing, do you have a particular like a um? Do you have any kind of set ritual that you do, or do you have a routine, or do you just catch as catch can, or do you have any, you know? Tell us about when you sit down typically to write, or is there any kind of typical time that you sit down to write? Um, I I sit down, and music is the biggest part for me, I would say, when I'm really into writing a lot of words. And mm-hmm. that's likely because I come from a long line of musicians. My grandfather played the electric guitar, my grandmother the drums, my mother the piano, everybody sang. And so music really is part of it. The one thing that I do know, a lot of people say they don't listen to music, especially with lyrics, because they're afraid it'll come into the writing. But what I do is I have songs that I know so well that uh-huh. the lyrics aren't aren't even part of it. You know, for instance, if I'm in a fight scene, I, I'm going to listen to something by Korn or ACDC or Guns N' Roses, and uh-huh. it'll get me into that, that emotional state when I'm writing it. If I'm in a melancholy scene, I might listen to Rush or Evanescence or maybe even some classical music. So that's that, I would say, is probably the primary thing that I do uh, mm-hmm. when I'm writing, um, because music, it, for me, it, it touches me emotionally immediately, and I can get into a frame of mind that that helps me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm the same way. I have, all, I mean, it looks like I have 30 different personalities if you look at my MP3 player. I really does. <laughs> I have everything. Yeah, me too. Um so do you like? Do you have a particular time? You know, like, is it just any time of day, or do you have like? You, or some people are morning writers, some people are night writers, some people are whenever they can find a minute to write. How do you, you know, on a computer, longhand? You know, tell tell the um, listeners a little bit about you know if you can't or if you have any type of typical you know way that you write. Well, um, I uh, you know my. My first book got published September of 2009, so I still have the day job, so uh, which is 40 hours. And then I've got 40 hours of writing because I really have two full-time jobs. I've fallen for it. I'm hoping 2011 crosses my fingers that I can let the day job go. But we'll Yay. see. You know, It depends on if people gravitate to the books. But awesome. um, I, I typically write at night, and uh, and this is with the day job, if I'm in a – if I'm going, I may go till 4 a.m. Even though I've got to get up at six, and mm-hmm. and so that's that's been kind of odd. And the weekends, of course, I try to try to get more and more in. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically, night is when I write. I when I log off of the day job, I usually get a bite to eat, you know, relax for a little bit, and then I I'm in an hour or two, I'm back in here, you know, plugging plugging away at the at the book. Uh, mm-hmm. I do work from home, so that makes it a little easier because I don't have a commute ah, or anything. So, right. so, uh, but that's well, what that I was, do. But nighttime, nighttime. <laughs> ah, okay. No, no, I, I, I do go into the office some, but most of the time I, I work from home. Which mm-hmm. you know, thank God for the, for the modern technology. You can just log in and do whatever. Uh-huh. But, uh, but they keep me busy, unfortunately. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. Told me, uh, one uh, a reviewer was interviewing me, and they said, "Is it the day job you hate?" And I said, "Well, I didn't used to, but you know, the more <laughs> I evil day job. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like you're intruding on my writing. You know. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, I know that feeling. Um, folks, you are listening to Oralingus with Timber Dalton on blogtalkradio.com. If you'd like to call in and talk to Chris Cook and you're li- listening to this live, um, the call-in number is area code 310-861-2348. And also, we uh, feel free to, to pop into the live chat room we've got going on here. And if you guys have questions for Chris, feel free to, to shout those out, and we'll grab them and um, read them out on the air so that our uh, listeners on the archive and people listening that aren't in the chat room can hear them. Um, okay, so you have probably been asked this question before, so I'm going to apologize in advance. But um, men writing erotica in this field, you are a minority for sure for for the what the type of erotica that you're writing that is actually geared towards women. Um, how have you? I mean, it, obviously you're very successful at it, and it you are an excellent writer. Um, so have you? Do you have any tricks that you had to discover early on for? Tapping into that because let's be honest, most men <laughs> tend to write, they tend to approach the romantic scenes from a different angle than a, a typical woman writer will approach them. So have you developed any tricks or is it just something, are you lucky that it comes naturally for you or share with us a little bit of your techniques for approaching that? Um, I would say, and and yes, on the being being a male, being out as a male, because I know there's a handful that are, are probably male. That's the rumor anyway. But mm-hmm. uh, it is different. And but I'm I'm very comfortable with it. I will say on the romantic elements, even the sexual elements, because I think men typically when when we approach sex. Uh, we're we're very visual. We're very you know. There's certain things that speak to us, whereas women, there's other things that speak to them. And uh, I incorporated several uh, advisors, <laughs> I would say, as an <laughs> advisor panel. Uh-huh. Uh, and Phil and Black's one, uh, uh, Melissa Schroeder's another, Sophie Oak, all talented writers. Um, but believe it or not, uh, you know, I'm, I, I talk to very close female friends to talk about what are the things that move you. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people are very timid about talking about sex. I'm just not one of those people. Right. I, I think it's a very natural and wonderful thing, and it's a connection that if, it, if it's done correctly, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's such an amazing moment. And so I think us being timid about talking about it is not necessarily a good thing. And and that's why one of the things, you know, if we're doing any public services, erotic romance writers, it's getting people to open up about it and, and be more comfortable about it because our bodies are important, our mind is important, all those things that connect us together in in those moments are so precious. And if we can really be open and honest, I think it's great. So I have advisors is basically what I say. And I, <laughs> and I read a lot. You know, I read, I read, I read the people that are successful, like yourself, Timber. I mean, I, I want to. I, well, I, I high praise. Seriously, I, I value value the people that have been there and been doing it for a long time and have lots of great books to choose from and uh i you know i think that helps reading other other people and i think you know also talking to to your um critique partners and even readers i have readers you know that that, that read me that are not writers and they tell me what's working for them and what's not and that's how it's worked 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. Now, and I've learned, you... I've learned a lot, let me tell you. I've learned so much, and I think any man that wants to learn about sex should write erotic romance and get these advisors because uh, <laughs> it, it's quite, quite, a, quite informative. <laughs> yeah, and, and from what I've heard, you know, some some women say oh, they wish their husbands would uh, <laughs> would read more of what they uh, of what they read so they could get an idea. I've I've also had another friend. She she's also an editor, and she jokes. She says, "If yeah, I always tell men when they want to know what a woman likes, just go look at her bookshelf <laughs> and see what she there likes, because that'll give you a good. Even if she won't tell you, you go look at her bookshelf, and that'll give you an idea right there." Oh, Christina said, "Chris, you made me cry a few times, so I think you're doing good." Yay! That's wonderful. And Let's see, we've got uh, A.J. Johnson said, I think every man should read erotica, then they may understand women more. And we had Charlene and Sophie both. Uh, Hi, Sophie! Sophie's going to be a guest on our show here, too. Um, there they are. They're agreeing. Um, Charlene also said, great artwork on your chriscook.net page. Um, Jennifer just chimed in. Amen, sister. Read, read, read. <laughs> That's right. In yeah. fact, how about read to your husband in bed? I mean, Ooh, you know, just you say, hey, let's have a little story time. And, you know, <laughs> awesome. I'm, Seriously, why not? Awesome. Well, I've I've found that in in fortunately, I mean, I'm my husband is very supportive. I'm very lucky in that. Um, even though he's a totally straight guy, but you know, he's he he's not really into reading any of my male male scenes in my you know menages or my male male. But it's like he he'll beta read for me, and he'll but 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 he's very open minded. So I'm I'm very glad about that. And I know there's some. What I've seen some male erotica writers, one of their hangups seems to be it's like they write like a guy and they'll like focus on, you know, boobs, 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 tits, ass, you know, pussy. And they <laughs> and they do that. And but then they kinda like shy away from describing the man. So it's it's really it's nice to see a male erotica writer that can get into both sides of of the fence, so to speak. Because it's easier I think for women to kinda in some ways, get into guys' heads when they're writing erotica, but it's nice to see a guy that that is comfortable, you know, getting into the the guy, the woman's head to describe those kind of things, so that the women can really enjoy and appreciate. Because you know, people say, "Well, what's the difference between porn and erotica?" And I'll go, "Well, usually porn's written by guys <laughs> because you can right. don't you have like all this visual stuff and you don't know what's going on inside their heads, and that's." That's how I tend to describe erotica versus porn. Is usually erotica is you're you're as in much inside the heads as you are inside the bed, and you know porn is just like it's like you're watching a movie and you're not connected to it. That's that's kind of how I tend to describe it, um, you know. And then I I really don't differentiate between romance and erotica anymore because you can't really there's the lines are so blurred now. I mean you've got different heat levels as far as I'm concerned, but it's you know really there's not. There's no way to, to me to differentiate between erotica and romance anymore because it's just so widespread. But I really, I mean, kudos to you for being able to write like that. I mean, I think that's just awesome. And I wish more men could write erotica as good as you do because that would be awesome. Thank you. Uh, oh, and Thank we got you Grace. So much. Oh yeah. Uh, we got Grace Connery. How do we sign up as a reader for Chris? Um, do uh, you want to tell people yeah a uh, newsletter for people to sign up with on your website or um, uh, reader yeah, suits? Yeah, or? they can. They can get to uh, – there's there's a couple ways to interact. I, I do have a newsletter, which is on the website. Uh, but I would like to invite folks uh, – it's not a radio program, but I have a Wednesday night chat. It's almost every Wednesday. We're not going to have it next Wednesday. But, Timber, you were a guest. And I try to invite huh. some of the uh, – whether, you know, some of the up-and-coming uh, writers of erotic 
romance, and then some of the very established authors like yourself and Shayla and, and Eden Bradley I've had and several. And it's a great hour where we, we get really bawdy and talk about all kinds of things, which, you know, being the, typically the only guy in there, sometimes I'm blushing, but it's it's a <laughs> lot of fun. And, and uh, so you can find out about the chat room and the schedule uh, on the website as well. That was awesome. That's www.chriscook.net, and that's Chris with a K-R. It's K-R-I-S, Cook, C-O-O-K, dot net. Um, yeah, that was a lot of – I loved being a guest on your chat. That was that was awesome. You have a, a great group. I'm sorry I can't hit it more often. My schedule just doesn't always allow me to hit it there. Sometimes I can pop in real fast and take a look. I, I don't always have a chance to chime in, but, yeah, that was that was. I highly recommend people tune into that um, on Wednesday nights or look at your schedule to see who you've got coming up because that was – such a blast. I mean, you have such a great group of people that hang out there with you. I mean, that was great. I loved doing that. Um, they are so much fun. And really, Timber, if you can come in for five minutes and just say, hey, I'm five minutes, they, they, they'd love it, I'm telling you. They would absolutely be uh, ecstatic if you showed up. Yeah, I just, I, I'm always kind of hesitant because I, I, I don't want this to come off sounding the wrong way either. I mean, it's like when somebody's doing a chat, I like to try to stay back as, as a reader, you know, a fan. I don't ever want people to go, oh, hi, yeah, you know, because I'm like, because, you know, I, I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to make that sound narcissistic or anything like that, but it's like, you know, I, because I know, like, if I'm doing something, you know, I want to make sure people aren't like, you know, like, I've had that happen before. It's like you're in the middle of a publisher chat, and all of a sudden, I know you as a siren author, you've probably seen that before. We have like a siren room, and all of a sudden, somebody comes in blasting for another publisher, and I'm like, oh, that's rude. <laughs> so I try to, right. I try to no. be careful because I like to help promote, you know, but I do, I like to help promote other writers. And I mean, you know, because I, I think you're, you're great. I mean, I just, you're, you're such a blast to read. And it's just, I mean, you know, I, I, in sci- I have to. I, I hope you feel the same way. I love writing for Siren. I love. The, I mean, I, lo- I love my publishers, but Siren has been great because they just—they're just such a hoot to work with. I mean, they really are, and they treat us so good. I mean, if anybody that's looking to submit, and if you're looking to break in, I mean, I say diversify. Have more than one publisher, obviously, but um, for what Siren does, they're awesome. I mean, I love them to death, and they they have they put out great books. We got a great bunch of fellow authors out there. I mean, we've got Stormy Glenn, and we got um, Jenny Penn, we've got uh, Cooper McKenzie, we got yeah, every I mean, we got so many different. Leah I Brooke, even, I mean, yeah. yeah, Leah Brooke. I mean, God, we got so many different. I mean, there's just so many I can't even think of right off the top of my head. I mean, it, you obviously. I mean, it was just. I mean, we, you know, it's just, and there's such a diversity out there, and a lot of people may not realize too. Siren also has books more of a, um, a more sensual level, you know, the, the sure. not necessarily sweet, but they have people who aren't necessarily into hardcore erotica like you and I, right? You know, there is the lower end of the spectrum, but um, there is also, you know, they have the higher end, like what we're writing. So there's there's books for every taste there. There really is. So don't be afraid I, to go to I the books trans site. I, I have to agree with you so much. I I was... The the support that you get is just so um, it's just really good. I I really am so pleased to be at Siren and and there is a wide variety for folks to choose from, you know. And mm-hmm. and if you are an aspiring author, I, I Timber, I agree. That, you know, if you've got something, and you this is a place, you know, especially for a new author. My first book there, you know, in fact. Uh, it, it was just—it's been such a great experience for me. I—I I really like everybody I'm working with there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all—they're great. And in fact, um, and in fact, I uh, the the Diana, who's uh, the owner, publisher, mm-hmm. emailed me, and one of the things that's going, she's trying to support 
the Eternally Three series on the site, and she's offering on the site uh, with Lillian's Rose the first book, Perfection, which is a full-length novel, at one dollar. And she told, awesome. and she, she said, "I'm doing this to try to, you know, get you more readers." And I was so thrilled. I mean, really, it's just a, it's a great place, and there's great books to choose from and great authors to to find if you haven't mm-hmm. been there. Please go go see Siren Books. Yeah, did you hear that, folks? You can get Perfection, the first one in his series, for a dollar. And normally it is five I'm looking at the site right now. So if you haven't gotten his – this is the perfect time for you to get one of Chris's books if you haven't tried them out yet. I mean, I I guarantee you you're not going to be disappointed. I'm putting the link back up again in the uh, chat room, um, bookstrand.com backslash Chris, K-R-I-S hyphen Cook, C-O-O-K, um, is – on on the website there you can go and and see all his uh books through siren um we do have a question here i answered it on the chat room we've got aj johnson in the chat room says if you're looking to get published would you recommend getting an agent or just going straight to the publisher and my answer on the chat room was i personally think now writers should go straight to smaller publishers skip the agents and build a backlist and build a reputation i know a lot of writers now are making many siren authors in fact are making i mean we're not making stephen king money but we're making evil day job money you know writing for you know publishers like siren so what is your opinion to to fledgling writers looking to get published i absolutely agree with you timber i think that the in the business side that publishing has completely been turned on its ear with Kindle, with the Nook, with the iPad, and I think we're really at the very beginning of that. Um, I think there's going to be uh, a bi- a lot of people are going to make money being self-published, which has uh-huh. never really existed in publishing on a on any kind of grand scale. A few onesies, twosies of people have done okay, but. It's uh, right now for me. I think if you're really going to break into digital, and I think that's the place to to get into because um, the pre- the the traditional publishing houses, and maybe I shouldn't say this because there may be somebody there. They're <laughs> they're struggling, um, and their volumes are going down. With you know, you see Borders having financial problems, and, mm-hmm. and you know, so I I would say. Control your own destiny. Now, if you could, if you've got somebody, you know, that's a friend or back pocket, you know, that you really feel close to, and you think they could help you, then maybe you should. But for me, I didn't have that, and I don't have an agent, and I'm very comfortable with what's going on. And uh, you can, you can seriously, 2011 is, is it's very possible that it's going. My income's going to be replaced, and you know, and then it's up and up and up from there. And I have friends that have follow this journey and have are doing very very well so um you know now that i think that's an individual um you know maybe you're not somebody that wants to do that but i agree with you timber i think get into some of these smaller publishers and and find your niche build a backlist and maybe have new york come knocking on your door someday right absolutely because i mean a lot of people don't realize it but there's authors like Laura Lay. I mean Laura Lay's in bookstores and she started out at e published. You know, so I mean there's a lot of writers out there that you know, My Banks, a lot of My Banks is really starting to become okay. well known. So a lot of people don't realize that yeah, it is 
you know, everybody says, oh, I want, I want to be published, you know, by a real publisher. And my response is, well, that's funny. My mortgage company says it's real money. So, you know, I <laughs> right. mean, exactly. it's real money I'm making. Exactly. So, you know, yeah, maybe they, you know, ebooks are, you know, back then, you know, 10, 15 years ago, people didn't understand what that was. But now, I mean, everybody's going, yeah, we want iPads. We want, you know, Kindles. We want to read on our iPhone or whatever. It's really becoming accessible. And we, as our population ages, and we have a, fairly tech-savvy older generation now, and they're finding that a lot of them like e-readers because they can, you know, resize the text without having to, you know, get, you have to get the magnifying glass out or anything, and they can take all these books with them on one small device, so they're not having to juggle, you know, five, if they're a voracious reader like me, they're not having to juggle a bunch of books with them to a doctor's appointment or on a trip or something. It's all, you know, I've got an Android, I've got a Kindle, I've got a Nook, we've got a Sony, we've got, and I, we actually, we just added another iPad tonight. It's an early Christmas gift for my husband. Um, so we've got, we have the whole, all flavors covered here, and you know, and it, I mean, it's great. I, I hardly ever read paper books anymore. I mean, seriously. Well, I had I had jury duty today, and there was about three, four hundred people in you know Dallas County jury, and <clears throat> there were there were all kinds of e-readers in there. There were still traditional, you know, paperbacks, uh, mm-hmm. several, and and the ages were all over the place. And uh, I will tell you, for me, uh, you know, I I've been, you know, I got a a Kindle last September, and. I don't buy a lot of print books, but I do still. I'm still somebody that likes them when it's somebody that I just I fall, so I double dip. I give, they get a, an electronic purchase from me, and I fall in love with the book, and then I go buy the the right. print one. Now maybe I that's that crazy, too. but that's you know now. No, I do that too. People, I do that too. Do you? Mm-hmm. But yeah, the people that move to that. They've got to be really at a very high level for me to go buy the print book, you know. But I'll tell you, the one thing that's happening to me, and I don't know if this is happening to you, I am so busy that the novella, the shorter works, are things that I keep gravitating to. And if they're done well, I mean, I love the full-length novels digitally too, but Mm -hmm. sometimes I want something really quick that I can really enjoy and read in about, you know, 30 minutes to an hour. And mm-hmm. I've really found incredible new authors that, you know, um, I can't think of any of them, but I I really do, I'm liking the short form again. And I think that mm-hmm. for anybody that's aspiring, maybe you're thinking, man, a full-length novel something that's too much for me. Maybe you should think about doing something shorter and submitting that because I think that is going to explode actually in the next, you know, three to four years, if not sooner. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's see. And we've got a question in the email bag here. Let me go find it. Um, okay. AJ Johnson asks us, um, what advice would you give someone to help them prepare for and then write a love scene? Ooh. I'll let you in. I'll put you in the hot seat. <laughs> you don't want to jump in on that one? <laughs> no, I'm going to put you in the hot seat. You're the guest tonight. They okay. want to hear you. <laughs> okay. okay. Maybe you can follow up. Um <laughs> If you're going to write a love scene, first of all, I think you've got to know those characters inside and out. You really, it, and I think this goes back to your definition between about pornography or porn and erotic romance. Um, really, erotic romance is about that connection, that emotional connection, and um, you 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 need to know those people. You need to know what, because you know, even characters are going to have things that there are. 
they're a little timid about some of them. Some may have no, you know, no uh, hesitation to jump in and do whatever. But uh, some characters maybe I, I'm good, I'm I've got a book that I'm beginning to work on called uh, Fresh Submission, which is a BDSM book about a, new, a newly trained dom and uh, 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 the woman that comes in. She's never even been exposed to this, and mm-hmm. so uh, so there's going to be a different kind of. Um, going into that, when I do their scenes together, it's going to be different than somebody that's been in the life and knows it well and and understands it as opposed to these folks. So I think you got to know your characters really well and then be comfortable with where that, you know, that sex scene goes. What's going to uh-huh. make them, what's going to change? In a sex scene to me, it's not just about the sex, it's about the journey. What happened, how did, how do they begin, and where do they end up? It needs to be a different place, both mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, and everything. That's how I look at it, anyway. Right. What do you think, Tim? I I agree with everything. I I don't disagree at all with anything you said. Um, I know there's been nights my husband's come home and bless his heart. I'm like, get naked now, close off now. You know. <laughs> right. and there's there's right. been times where I've written certain scenes, and it's like I'll actually, you know, depending on. <sighs> Not how intrinsic it is to the story, because I, I try to make sure I don't write, like, just gratuitous sex scenes. But, I mean, obviously, if we're writing erotic romance, readers want to read, you know, erotic sex scenes. And there's times where it's like, you know, sometimes I'll find I can't, if I'm not in a good mood, if I've just sat down and paid all the bills. And, you know, <laughs> there's something, the dog just yacked or something, you know. It's like there's just... So sometimes I have to get, not so much in a mood, but sometimes I have to be, you know, in a certain headspace to write, you know, certain scenes. And, I mean, it, you know, I've I found there's been times where I've sat down and I've just like, okay, I've just got to chug through the scene and write it. And I can go back and go, oh, my God, that's just crap. And delete, 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 yeah. delete, and, you know, start over again when I'm in a better headspace. Because sometimes, it's like, and it gets back to following the characters. There's been, every time I've not been happy with a book or I've been totally stalled on a book except for one time, it's usually because I'm ignoring my characters and I'm not listening to them. And everybody's like, oh, I outline within an inch of my life. And I'm like, I can't do that. I give myself mileposts that I know kind of, you know, points for the story. But I let the characters take over because if I don't, then usually it's crap. <laughs> Right, right. I I agree with you. In fact, I've if I and and I hadn't thought about you know being in the right frame of mind, but there have been times when you know it's like I've typed in all caps insert sex scene here because I was not ready. I've done that too. You know, it's like I can't do it tonight. You know, I've got to move on. I because if I do, it's it's not going to be a nice scene. You know. Yep. yep, I've done that. I've got the little double bracket code that I'll use when I need to go back into my manuscript. I'll get insert sex scene here, and that's it. I go back in yeah, and can exactly. fill it in later, or two or three in a night, and then my hubby really likes me then. <laughs> well, I, th- I think our sex scenes are important. I mean, you know, we're writing erotic romance, but I think they're important. And I think you're, you know, you were saying um, sometimes it's quick and fast and. And really, you know, primal. Sometimes it's really more. There's a lot more emotional, a lot more. I, it's all that mix because I think if if these people, characters become real, they're going to have all kinds of different kinds of sexual exploits with each other. And if you're just saying, okay, here's you know, uh, here's the here's the hand job scene. Here's the, you know, I can't. I've got to. 
You know what I mean? I mean, I yeah. some, I will say absolutely. There are times when I, you know, I I've read some books and I won't mention any of them, but that I'm like, wow, this is just boom. This it's like you can see they're just going down this thing, and I mm-hmm. I didn't lose lose myself in in the in the book, and particularly in the sex scene. It's almost as if the author was uncomfortable. And maybe that's my perception, or you know, maybe I don't know. But I don't want to be that person. I really hope, and you know, I work hard to do that, and I know you work very hard to do it. Is to to create books that move people, that people get invested in these people, and and you know, lose themselves in it. Because that's what you know. You know, you've had a book. And, well, I will tell you, the Reluctant Dom. When I got that book, I thought, I, I, and I keep talking about it because anybody that hasn't bought it, please buy this book. I Thank got you. that book. This was a weeknight. I had a meeting at 8 a.m., and I read it till 5.30 in the morning because I couldn't stop reading it. Yeah, I read it in one sitting. Oh, wow. I mean, I started it, <laughs> I started it late. Well, it, I got so that. I got so lost in it, and that's what I think to me takes a good book to a great book is is if I lose myself and I forget and everything kind of that's that's the best experience for me, and that's as a reader, you know I've been a reader a lot longer than a a writer that is when I'm just so pleased with you know laying out that money for that book, and that's what I strive to do. You know, I want to, you know, do I do I fall short? I'm sure I do, but I sure am trying to deliver that for them. And when I finally send in that last, you know, <laughs> this is the last revision, here it goes. Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm sweating. I, I, I'm like, oh, there goes my baby. I hope, it, yep. you know, warts and everything. Uh, and uh, But I'm really, that's what I'm trying to do is to let people have an experience. That's exactly. That's I think as a writer, that's one of the, the biggest compliments I can get to somebody that either says, "You made me laugh," "You made me cry," or "I stayed up all night reading you," and I'm like, "Sorry, I made you lose sleep, but thank you." Because <laughs> you know, I think yeah, that's what yeah. that's what we do. We I see it as they they make an investment of of time and money in us, and unless it's one of the file sharing pirate people that are basically stealing files, but we won't go there right now. <laughs> um, but you know right. people. They, they they they're investing their money and they're investing their time and they're, they're it's a leap of faith on their part and if I can do my job that's that's to me that's one of the greatest things is that I can do my job and take them someplace and keep them in that that headspace for a while the reader space you know talking about you know BDSM the, the reader space and not drop them on their head or lose them you know or do something to jar them out of that and I just I love that that's like that's like I just like shiver all over when somebody tells me that like thank you because that means I did my job and because that's basically the feedback you know we get we don't you know we don't have other benchmarks and people saying yeah we liked it you know it, it, so that that really i love that when i can do that for a reader and take them there and keep them there and and they think that they had money well spent i just love that that's that's what i live for i just love that <laughs> uh, me too and and i notice you write sci-fi it, you know this bite mirrors i'm very intrigued <laughs> with so i'm probably i do i now i you know i'm flipping it on you but i know it's part of a series like book two isn't it of, right. of a series it's, should I, I read book one or should i go can i yeah. read it by itself you really want read to read book one, one cuz it kind of sets they could be read standalone but it's better if you read love at first bite first because it's going to set okay. up the events some of the events that happen in book 2 book 3 is going to be a little more standalone and book 4 will be a little more standalone those can be read 
will be able to be read, you know, individually. But book two, you really, because book one leads immediately, literally book one ends, and then book two starts right then. So it kind of, bam, right, leads into it. And the whole series is going to have that, you know, it's by, the third one's going to be called Spider Bite, B-I-G-H-T, and then the fourth oh, one is at, Out of Bite, Out of Mind. It's a play on the name of the ship. And I just, I, I grew up on the original Star Trek and Doctor Who and oh, Buck Rogers. Yeah. You know, the original Battlestar Galactica that didn't suck. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. No, you're right. I know what you're saying. Well, I'm going to go get it because I'm going to put it on the to-be-read shelf. Oh, you know, I you. I love sci-fi, and so love love at first bite is the first one. I'll get that and then bite mares, yeah. yeah. But I love your writing. I, 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 I've learned a lot, you know, from reading you and, and others. You know, Love Slay for Two, you know, with um, – Let's see if I remember the name. Thomas and Tyler, I think. Isn't that Tommy correct? And Tyler. Is that Tommy, Evie, and Tyler. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I really, uh, you know, I, I think if anybody, you know, again, to aspiring authors that are listening, I would say read, read, read. You know, just grab grab everything you can and read read, read good books. Read, read the ones that aren't so good, you know, to yeah. learn what not to do. Exactly, you know, and, and you're not going to please everybody either. There's always you're always going to have people that no matter how good, because I even will, every once in a while I'll have people say, you know, they'll slam me for reluctant dom for whatever reason because like, apparently it's not the way they would have written it or whatever. And I really like, okay, sorry you don't like it, but you know, hey, the book is what. Okay, is, have so. them come talk to me because I'll be happy. <laughs> that is a that's an incredible book. Oh, well, thank Absolutely. you. Yeah, I think it, when you get the majority of readers liking and responding favorably to a book, that's kind of I've gotten. You, you, I will warn you, you do, you will develop a thick skin because no matter what you do, you're going to have people that don't like it. Like I had one lady slam Cross Country Chaos that I wrote as Leslie Richardson on um, on Amazon in an Amazon review. She said, There's absolutely no adjectives or adverbs, and that this is one of the worst books I've ever read. I'm like, well, it was an epi contest finalist, so sorry you didn't yeah. like it, but apparently the judges did, so you yeah, know, exactly. I, so sorry, you know, yeah. but hey, it's your opinion and, you know, there's books out there that are really popular that people love, and I'm going seriously? This they, people, this is a best-selling book? Oh my god, really? You know, and I've had other people say that too, so it's like I don't feel bad that I'm not the only one that doesn't like it, so, you know, you can't please everybody all the time. You just, you have to write books that please you first as the author, that you would want to read, and then go from there because that's just that's just life so you're going to develop a thick skin when you have people that don't like something and it's like i always tell i always tell new writers wait you know instead of dreading the first bad review look forward to it because that means you've made it you know look forward to that first bad yeah. review that really sucks and frame it and like enjoy it and savor it and don't let it get you down just in just you know embrace it because then you're you're you know you've gotten there you know you're doing your job you were you're a professional writer at that point <laughs> Well, I've gotten a few. I've gotten lots of good ones, and I've gotten some bad ones. And you know, yeah, the first one it was like painful, and now I'm like, you know, what one lady said, and I can't. I, it was funny. She hated perfection. Was the book uh-huh. she hated, and she said, she goes, she was like, she, and then she loved three to play, and I'm like, okay. You know what? Uh, you know, I was thankful that I at least found, and I think the the point was she didn't like paranormal, and mm-hmm. I'm like, why did you put a review up? If you don't, you know, why did you even read it? But, but you know, that's, that's okay. <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, at least she bought it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, there you uh, go. And well, it's like with like Cardinals Rules. Somebody bought it on Amazon, I guess, and it clearly is marked. 
that it's got, you know, it's, I mean, the publisher warning, God bless Captiva Press, the publisher warning couldn't be any more clear if you tried. I mean, it talks about it's male, 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 female, male, female, male, BDSM, beating, da, 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 da. It's got everything yep. but the kitchen sink in there. And they were, I don't, you know, they gave it a one-star rating. They didn't like, you know, the BDSM stuff. And I'm saying, well, why did you buy the book? Exactly. <laughs> did you not My- read my friend Melissa Schroeder has a book called A Little Harmless Sex, and there's a review where the person said, there was way too much sex in this book. <laughs> the title says A Little Harmless Sex. I'm going, wow, okay. And that's not even the warning. The warning even talks about stuff. I'm going, okay, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> but but I will say, uh, the one thing that I love about the community of readers and bloggers and reviewers that this I can't imagine any other popular fiction genre that has readers that are as supportive as the readers in this genre. They they have been I I will awesome. never stop writing you, it Peter. because they yeah it, I, isn't I mean they're just you know they're out there you know plugging me when you know on their own doing stuff and mm-hmm. I'm going wow this is just. So exciting, and 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 I will say, you know, my the, I'll plug the Wednesday night chat. Those are some of the I've I've forged great friendship with these people, and uh-huh. they're just so supportive. And I, I I can't thank them enough. I have to share my success with those readers, uh, you know, that are out there, you know, plugging me and talking about me, making comments. It's it's just so. It's so rewarding. There's a few, like you said, that come out and you know bash you, but that's okay too. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. different taste for different different folks. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you can't please everyone all the time. And yeah, I I do, I do feel. I mean, I, other than the files, you know, the, the file sharing pirates that like upload our books, you know, and stuff like that. Those those readers I could do without. But for the most part, I'd say the majority of our readers, we have some of the world's best readers best fans i love my readers i mean i always say that i mean and we wouldn't be able to do what we did if we didn't have readers i mean readers are just fantastic and it's just you know i mean they really are this this genre is so supportive and is embraced you know the first to embrace the technology you know really the the romance erotica was you know one of the forefronts of the electronic book technology so it's like it's really great to, to see them out there supporting us and and you know constantly buying 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 you see the same you know, you know, email addresses pop up in the inbox time and again, and it's like, yay, thank you, you know, and they almost become like an extended family in a way. I mean, they really do. I mean, it, it, it's great. I just love that. I think, and in a lot of, I, I honestly say, I don't think I've run into any so far, me personally, I've not run into any fellow writers in this genre who have been like snooty or stuck up or anything like that. Me personally, I mean, I've heard stories, but I mean, like, you know, you, yeah. we've got Sophie Oak coming on here in, in a couple of weeks, and it's just like, I mean, you know, everybody has just been so great. I mean, they really have. They're just, I mean, the writers are, it's like, it, it's another extended family in a way versus where I've heard stories of like, you know, traditionally published writers, they get like all snooty all of a sudden, forget who, you know, where they came from. And so it's great that it's like this close-knit family. I mean, I love it. I mean, I, I think it's fantastic. And I'm so glad that, you know, I, I'm able to do this. And, and I just, I love this and meet the people that, you know, we've met. I like like you. I mean, I've gotten to meet you. You know, so I mean, it's like well, I mean, technically, I mean, not in person yet, but you know, I mean, it's just great. That will happen. That will happen. I yeah. hope so, man. And, and, I, I got to meet Rick Reed. I love Rick Reed. I got to meet him. Oh, so he's a sweetheart. Great. Oh, he is so sweet. I love him. Got to go out to Seattle and meet him. He's great. Um, we got oh, four minutes. Cool. 
four minutes left. Wow. Um, get, I know this went really fast. Um, you, everybody, you are listening to Oral Lingus with Timber Dalton on Blog Talk Radio. Um, uh, we're here you, not every Thursday and Sunday, but most Thursdays and Sundays. You can check the website, blogtalkradio.com backslash Timber Dalton. That's Timber with a Y. And you can check what my upcoming shows are. That only lets me post them a month in advance, so you can find out what's on there. Um, before we run out of time, Chris, give everybody another plug for your websites and where they can find your books and your book titles and your newest release. Okay, I'll do that. It's uh, Chris Cook, K-R-I-S. C-O-O-K dot net. And uh, I'd love to get an email from you, and that's chris at chriscook.net. And the books that are out, I've got, uh, you know, the the newest release is Lillian's Rogues, and I'd love to, if you, if you get it, I'd love to hear what you thought about it. And if you just want to get a sample, because I understand new, if you're, if, you know, getting new authors is, uh, you know, it's, it's a risk, uh-huh. but uh, try out. Try out perfection because it, it is for a dollar, and uh, you know thank. That's an awesome Byron. deal. Yes, that is an awesome yeah, deal. I, Go buy perfection. Only, I, <laughs> yeah, it's for like uh, I think it's till the twenty second um, that they're going to have that on the website. Well, isn't but, your newest uh, release? I think it's um I think it's uh, a little bit of a discount too, isn't it? The newest one. It is. It is. There's a ten percent discount, and you know what? I hate to tell you this, but I can't remember what it's at. I'll look it up um, real quick. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Four. Looks like it's four. Yeah, ten percent. New release is offered at a ten percent discount for four weeks. I'll post that link in the chat room here, real quick, for everybody. Four, looks like um, four forty-nine is the is the yeah four forty-nine. So this is the perfect yeah. time if you haven't tried any of Chris's books yet. This is the perfect time to go to Siren Bookstrand or yeah, um, Bookstrand.com backslash Chris K R I S hyphen Cook C O O K. I'm putting the links up in the chat room now for everybody listening on the chat room, um, and you can also get um, go to his website at ChrisCook.net. Um, and pick up his books if you are, um, and one of your books is in print, right? It's, or is it one, or is it more than one's in print right now? Uh, there's there's two in print. One is uh, is Perfection, and then uh, which is the first book in Eternally Three, and then Three to Play is in print, and then Captivation will be in print. I just got the cover flats for it. I I'm not sure when that will be available. Yay. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's eminent that it'll be available on uh, Amazon and Barnes and Noble because I. I think it's, uh, you know, whatever machinations they have to go through. But, yeah, in print, mm-hmm. those three. That is fantastic. Um, and we are running low on time here. It's given me that we've got, like, one minute remaining. Um, so I just want to remind everybody to keep checking back here. Oh, I just said just said 90 seconds we got. Okay, so everybody check back here. It's blogtalkradio.com backslash Timber Dalton, T-Y-M-B-E-R-D-A-L-T-O-N. Um, and you can check out Chris Cook. We've been talking tonight with Siren Book Strand author Chris Cook. That's Chris with a K-R-I-S, um, chriscook.net. Um, you can go uh, to bookstrand.com backslash Chris, K-R-I-S hyphen Cook, C-O-O-K, and um, check out his new releases. Um and this has been fantastic, Chris. Thank you for joining me tonight. This has been a blast. I love talking with you, and I definitely want to have you back again. Um, I need to have like a little forum with uh, my fellow BDSM writers. <laughs> we need to there you go. There you go. Well, there you go. Tim, um, Timber, thank you for having me. I really, I really enjoyed it. 
Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Um, let's see. We've got, we're have got we running low on time here, but um, I just want to say thank you for everybody in the chat room. We appreciate it. Um, and if you can always come back and grab the uh, old episodes off the archive and the download, you can download this one to listen um, to it. It'll be available for download here shortly after the show ends. Um, remember to check back for our future shows and make sure you go support Chris. Go to Siren Bookstrand and get his books. Like I said, you can't beat that. He's got his first one out for a dollar. I mean, you got a full length novel for a dollar. So thank you for joining us. And I'm this is Timber Dalton signing off and Chris Cook signing off. And thank you, folks. And good night. Let's see this going to go here. And there we go. There it goes. <laughs>